0: move left idiots a socialist talk podcast i'm your host anthony montarulo uh joined by my co-host this week uh comrade uh oh fuck i didn't even think <laughs> uh you weren't ready joined by my co-host uh comrade alex winter comrade what's going on
1: i don't know who alex winter is
0: he is um uh bill from bill and ted he he also was a vampire
1: in the lost boys <laughs> I've run oh, out of Dracula, right. so I'm just gonna you start using Dracus. random vampires. You've got you haven't used Klaus Kinski yet, and I'm disappointed because I feel like that's the best Nosferatu Wait, which... remake. Remember he did the he was in the Nosferatu remake that uh uh Werner did? Oh yeah yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Fuck. Yeah, oh well it's, <laughs> it's, I mean it's 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 great. I also it's haven't just, said Max Shrek, but
1: uh, Yeah. I mean for all the things that Klaus Kinski did, that's probably the one he's least known for, so uh anyway, I'm doing good. I was out of town for a while. I went to go see a great big giant city and uh got to see uh what a, a great big giant city with good urban planning looks like and good transit looks like and fucking bikes everywhere and everyone's attractive and intelligent and uh rents too high and there's culture everywhere and fucking Lop Blue's stages are getting built and uh, it was a good time. Not a great time.
0: Sweet, sweet. I was in uh, Manhattan, so I did not see how a uh, city is properly planned or how it, or how transportation is, uh, you know, done well or anything yeah, like that. It's weird but, uh, they still
1: allow cars there, because it's just like, why, why not just try to drive a boat down the street uh, with no water and then wonder why you can't get anywhere, because that's about so, the same. I, so I thought of you, because, okay, so obviously we've been away for a while. I had uh,
0: my sister's wedding, uh, and then I went away for a few days to Cape Cod, so... Uh, For my sister's wedding in Manhattan, we had to drop off, like, you know, the kind of welcome bags for everybody uh, at all the hotels they were staying at. So me and my stepdad had to go to four different hotels, uh, which were at at total different, you know, ends of Manhattan, trying to... And I I, I thought of you because I was like, it it is fucking madness to have a car in this fucking city. It's impossible to get anywhere. Like, you literally, it's just... It's such a poorly laid out, like, grid for that for that many fucking people to have, like, car. it's just insane. And I was thinking, like, at the very least, they should ban non-commercial vehicles in Manhattan. Like, you know, I understand they're not going to be yeah. able to get rid of the cab industry, but just fucking have cabs and, like, delivery trucks. Like, beyond that, like, there's Rickshaws. no reason you... You can get across town on a rickshaw yeah. faster
1: than a fucking taxi cab, yeah. They have those. Well,
0: yeah, they have those dudes with the bikes with the little, have, you know.
1: They do. Uh, there's some great videos on YouTube of uh rickshaw pedicab cyclist guys getting in fist fights with like regular cab guys cuz like this, you know. Cabbies are drives, like a fucking maniac. Yeah, they're fucking it's just it's like I have I can inch two more you know feet out of the room that I've got. So I'm gonna lay on the horn and blare it at you. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Chicago drivers are pretty much the same. It's just it's like nonstop people in cabs honking to other people in cabs and people throwing their arms up and then just like gesturing wildly with their hands <laughs> like you could move up four more inches. What the fuck is wrong with you? You know, And, and just, then there's people who are walking across the crosswalk, and it's like they don't even notice it. And at first, it's terrifying. And then after about four days, you have it all timed out. And you're like, yeah, they're not going to hit me. They're not going to hit me. I'll just go around them, and I'll just get on with my day. And I'm sure New York City pedestrians are probably the same way.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, it, it's just... Uh... Yeah, no, it's a fucking nightmare. So anyway, yeah, we had to do that, and we had to like you know double park, and I had to run across the fucking street with these gift bags, and then you know it was it, that was fun. Uh that was a real fun experience. But um, the wedding was cool. The Wedding was in Brooklyn, really cool, like uh, old World War Two like warehouse that they kind of turned into this like event hall. It's fucking amazing, very like yeah. modern looking place. Really cool. Oh, that's cool. Um, and and oh, and yeah, so. Uh, After that, I went to Cape Cod for a few days, which, you know, people hear and they think, oh, you know, Cape Cod, the Kennedys. But Cape Cod's a really, like, blue-collar, working-class place for the most part. You know, sure, there's, like, mansions in certain areas, but, I mean, the you know, it's, uh, it's, like everywhere else in America, mostly economically depressed, you know. Uh, get a hotel room for, you know, sub-hundred dollars a night in most places, so... Which is a um, lot of money if you're working
1: class, by the way. Oh, of course, yeah, it's a lot yeah. of fucking
0: money, you know, you save for, it's, you know, a long time
1: to... find any hotel under $100 a night in a major metropolitan area, or any touristed area, and you're fucking lucky, it's like... I, oh, it was impossible. I was t- <laughs> I was staying in a place that was barely it, like barely a hotel. It was basically a hostel um, mm-hmm. where like to squeeze between the bed and the TV stand was about twelve inches, uh, not up to fire code whatsoever. And you had to because that's the only way to get to the bathroom was through this little crevasse. So
0: that many of me once when I went to Cape Cod, I stayed in a econ- at a uh, Econo Lodge, which uh, if you've ever stayed is just the, the shittiest. Fu- it's the Spirit Airlines of fucking hotel chains, like. <laughs> it i had the same experience like i literally had to like bounce across the bed to get to the bathroom i couldn't even walk in front of the bed like it was that's how fucking small the
1: room was uh, yeah um, well it's time to tighten those belts america i've had it too yeah. good for
0: too long <laughs> um but no so the reason i mentioned that is because i i uh at uh, the other day before i left i went to this uh museum called the wide pirate museum and it's a museum uh Which displays all these artifacts that they recovered from this uh, sunken pirate ship, the WIDA, uh, which had a really fucking interesting story. And I I was like going through this museum. I was like, wow, like pirates are basically communists or socialists. I'm not right. You know, like it's it's kind of fucking crazy how mischaracterized kind of piracy gets in um, pop culture. Because there were, you know, I was reading all this shit about how, uh, you know, captains aren't just like these, we think of like a ship captain, you think of like this guy that like hires a crew and rules with an iron fist. Captains are fucking elected the way like, you know, leaders in like uh, a worker co-op
1: are elected. They're voted on by the entire crew. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's definitely a romanticized version, but you know, we're, we're sort of comparing this to, um, you know, the Queen's Royal Navy, where it was like punishment was uh, torture by being whipped and and possibly drowned. Exactly. Kind of yeah, so,
0: which it's it actually they, they they were you know kind of trying to get away from that bullshit and were kind of almost the exact opposite of of the Queen's Royal Navy. And, yeah. Uh, you know, they have this. They had a, a a guy on on every ship called the quartermaster, who is essentially like almost like a checks and balances for the captain. And he would like divvy up the money and all this shit. It was really it was fascinating to read about. Yeah. So well,
1: and there and they was mostly robbing royal ships. Oh, you know, well, that was were, the whole point. Yeah, they would rob <laughs>
0: fucking you know snooty rich uh, yeah. fucking Englishmen, which made me love him even more. And this particular ship, uh, the WIDA, started out as a British Royal Navy uh, slaver uh, ship, and this fucking guy uh, Samuel Bellamy uh, took it over and sacked it with his crew. Of uh, freed African slaves, he had like thirty freed African slaves, mm-hmm. and they and they had like this really awesome fucking like it, it, it. was just really cool to read about like this this insane level of like diversity acceptance in the 16 and 1700s, where like you know oh
1: yeah well that was that was the, if you look at the history of New Orleans, New Orleans was yeah. you know sort of an autonomous city for a while, like a few different countries claimed it, but it was kind of its own mm-hmm. thing and there was there was no segregation everyone had equal rights until it became part of america and then suddenly people who were uh creole uh, or native in descent or uh, or were african suddenly went from being full class citizens to having no rights whatsoever
0: mm-hmm. yeah no that's true uh and yeah i actually watched a a special about that uh about like and how in like south carolina they had this island um where essentially they, it was, it was that situation where it was almost like a sovereign kind of mm-hmm. land, and you see what like America would have been like if black people were allowed to just kind of have their own shit, and not have the you know the
1: oppression of slavery and then Jim yeah. Crow and all this shit. And it's like wow, that would have been you know. In uh, back in anarchist school, we learned all about autonomous collectives and uh, pirate. Pirate cities were, were part of that lesson plan of, um, you know, it wasn't just how they stole from the rich, but also they kind of set up their own little uh, outposts throughout the Caribbean, mm-hmm. places yeah. where they kind of got to set up their own rules and were, you know, outside the uh, colonial rule of law. So it was interesting.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Long story short, pirates are dope. So. Um, I saw uh, that
1: Tony Depp movie like four times. it's It's just like that. <laughs> yeah totally just like that
0: (laughs) you know (laughs) not at all but you know um oh so dream yeah right so uh this week uh we had a couple interesting things happen not a huge news week and i'll admit i'm a little behind because i was away most of the week but uh the one story i i i just you know ate 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 up because it was so fucking hilarious and fitting that this is how this happened um so the Koch brothers you know the the far right fucking lunatic, uh, oil tycoon, you know, 1800s villain Koch brothers, uh, commissioned to study through, uh, a right wing libertarian think tank, I believe called like the Mercado group, uh, to study the cost benefit, uh, you know, analysis of Medicare for all. So essentially what they wanted was a uh, skewed study to be like, Hey, look, This is how much Medicare is going to cost and it's going to cost all this money to implement and blah, blah, blah. And look at this. And so um, they did this study and they were like, oh, fuck. Uh, They found out that even with their really, you know, extreme fudged, you know, worst case scenario numbers in terms of costs and uh, things like that, uh, Medicare for all still would save they said three hundred billion dollars, but what later they had to amend it to two trillion dollars because they didn't account for the administrative costs. They they accounted for more administrative costs arbitrarily.
1: Um, but they so they <laughs> found that that uh, Bernie's Medicare for All plan would still cost thirty two trillion dollars. So that was of course the lead headline across yeah. the mainstream media. So the idea being that, well, if we just had no health care at all, we could save $32 trillion. And wouldn't that be a better thing?
0: Well, so the funny thing is, because it was a libertarian think tank, that probably was their idea. Like, why don't we just get rid of this altogether? We don't have to pay any health care costs. Right, right. So
1: they didn't realize they were making Bernie's plan look good. But you exactly. know, they, did, they did admit, even though they were wrong, about how much money it would save, it would still save a considerable amount of money. Uh, but then, of course, even the liberal taglines were... Bernie's plan will cost thirty-two, 32 trillion, trillion dollars, or dollars. The next 10 years. and you know, and then of course you've got uh, Corn Cob Candace Isten, who's back on Twitter, just yeah. fucking spewing mm-hmm. vomit all over, saying, you know, just it's beyond parody. Her new account's beyond parody, and she just gets every tweet she has, she gets ratioed. It's it's a sociopathic behavior to you know derive pleasure from getting such a negative reaction. You know, where you don't care if you make people happy or sad or angry, you just need the attention. That's a it's that's people at this point. Yeah. With her. Um. But today it was just like, well, why do we have to do something so you know unusual? Can't we just let people buy into Medicare? Like, yeah. So it's successful because it's nonprofit. There's no profit on it. So we should make it we should privatize like you're just a fucking republican that's how you're george bush who wants to privatize social security and dick cheney that's all that is there's no difference at that point
0: yeah no absolutely so in terms of the study um the reason they initially came up with that 300 billion dollar figure and by the way even if it was only 300 billion uh a plan that saves 300 billion dollars over the call over the course of 10 years uh, like, why wouldn't we fucking do that? Uh, but the, w- where they came up with that number was they accounted for administrative costs, uh, which they accounted for at 6%. Now, Medicare, which already exists has administrative costs uh, that run about 2% of their entire budget. So this 6% number, Which is totally fucking arbitrary. Small. Extremely,
1: extremely small. You look at even way, just a, a, a nonprofit charity, administrative oh, costs higher. are at least 25 to 40%. Mm-hmm. And they don't even do anything for people other than just collect money and put out press statements. <laughs> yeah, like Susan G. Komen, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So uh, at private insurers uh, average about a 15% administrative fee. And again this is just totally arbitrary middlemen who are taking a cut 15% which is a lot of fucking money considering we are going to spend by low ball estimates 34 trillion dollars over the course of the next 10 years. I don't know what 50% 15% of 34 trillion is but it's a lot of fucking money. I'm not a math surgeon. Um a math surgeon. So, you know. <laughs> um so and by the way, I've heard estimates that our private healthcare industry, you know, given other inflation and rising costs of drugs and things like that, is going to cost us upwards of forty-nine trillion dollars over the next ten years. So Bernie's plan would cost us th- you know, cheaper by all But if all it's estimates. for profit,
1: then it's taxable, and that will help generate revenue for the country. Right? That's all mm-hmm. part of, course, of the yeah. Yeah, uh, of pyramid course. scheme. Horrible shit. Um, um. So, but so, uh, yeah. but
0: his plan, you know, by even by far right. Coke brothers standards would save us two trillion dollars and would eliminate co-pays for consumers and eliminate premiums, which we, which Americans, I'm sure everyone listening to this fucking podcast pays at least one to three hundred dollars a month for their fucking insurance. Or you just I, don't have insurance and you're yeah. terrified that you're gonna get fucking sick, you know.
1: I just be- I try to live really healthy, but probably the biggest risk of my health is riding my bike down the street and a fucking car hits me. And oh yeah, to the, totally the, out of your hands. The, the deductible for that would be probably most of the cost to fucking sew my arms back together. I don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, right. it's usually it's 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 the big accidents that are really rare that you have that huge deductible on it, but. You know, we I mean, we do. We live very unhealthy lives, and a big part of that is just that we don't go in for routine checkups because no one has insurance. People that are really poor aren't going to get routine checkups that should be really cheap and are, will be the the best cost saving measure. Preventive medicine is the best cost saving measure because when someone does finally get really sick, where do they go? They go to the ER or yeah, they go to a ready clinic ER. with so many problems that even though they don't have insurance, someone's still going to have to pay for it. And that's mm-hmm. what we're paying a huge. That's why we pay the most amount of money per capita of any country in the world for basically to not have people. So many people, uh, thirty million people, to not have insurance. That's why it costs more. And I, it, it pisses me off that a right wing study had to be done for people to finally go. Oh, it, you know, you, you hippies, you commies have been saying this for ten years. And we've been telling those people to shut up and now, oh, but the Koch brothers came out with a study. Now we'll listen to them, their great exalted wisdom and oil money. Fucking liberals yeah no absolutely
0: and you know for any idiot that's like oh well you know i don't want any government run government the whole concept of like oh government is inefficient government's only inefficient when it's run by fucking buffoons who are trying to make government inefficient
1: you know like well enough about betsy devos (laughs) yeah right
0: (laughs) um but no i mean medicare literally the most uh well-liked by polls you know uh health plan and health insurance plan in the country uh operates at a two percent operating costs The other 98% goes towards consumers and, you know, people on Medicare uh, actually get fucking benefits that help them. You know, they don't have to worry about like, oh, is my plan going to – the whole concept of – there's just certain things that do not need to have the profit motive attached to them. And if you live in a fucking civilized society, you you just intrinsically need to understand that. I don't care if you're fucking left, right, libertarian. The healthcare is not – and should not be a for-profit industry. I mean, it's just- I, I got a
1: challenge for you, Anthony. Mm-hmm. Name something that should have a profit motive.
0: Um, stupid shit. You know, like video game. Like I, I, not that, not should, but like I could care. You know, like there, there's stupid shit that like I don't care if people make a profit off of. It's like superfluous anyway. But, but anything basic needs, housing, food, healthcare, should not have a fucking profit motive attached, and should be. Provided, especially when you're a fucking taxpayer who pays into this fucking country, like that's where my tax money should go. It shouldn't go to fucking wars and bullshit airplanes like the F thirty five that don't even fucking work. Like that we, uh, yeah, you
1: know. Well, so do you think that if we nationalized the video game industry and everyone got paid like a fair livable (laughs) wage, that people wouldn't still strive to strive to create uh, new innovative video game solutions for uh, changing the world?
0: No, I just, I just for superfluous things, I could care less one way or the other, and I think like whatever, uh, you know, I I'm not saying like oh well there 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 shouldn't be good, but I you know I don't think I don't I wouldn't necessarily want my tax dollars going towards creating video, you know what I mean? Like I I, I would rather see all the, the resources. But what if possible the, what if all the video game and
1: yeah, well what if all the video game developers and and coders and everyone were guaranteed to have a living wage? Uh, let's say even beyond a living wage, and CEOs weren't allowed to make obscene amounts of money because oh, we yeah, had, no, I mean, we, we we had nationalized the video game industry. Just saying that, yeah. Well, just... so I mean, my, my thing is more so like
0: you know that the kind of idea yeah. of you UBI can't go without and water. a jobs guarantee. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, well, if you have UBI and you have a jobs guarantee. You can just have superfluous jobs that actually make you happy, and if you don't fucking like them, you could say, "Oh well, I could just quit this job because I have enough of, of money for my basic needs, and I still have health care whether I quit this job or not." And then I can seek another job that fulfills me and that you know provides service. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, to me that doesn't say that like no, co- I don't think uh, people should be able to make beyond a certain amount of money. I mean, I think the, the idea that we have billionaires in this fucking country when. Uh, there are people that, you know, literally can't afford to feed themselves or can't afford health. Like, that's, it, it's obscene, you know, and any, you know, society that 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 has any humanity to it whatsoever would look at that and be like, this is fucking obscene and should be illegal, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just, it's it goes without saying, I've been, that's how me and my friends felt back in high school, back before we had much experience with the world. We'd sit around and talk about how capitalism was completely unethical and socialism was the way to go and this was this was the late 90s you know but uh the irony is that all those Baron friends i had that for, were uh, political yeah.
0: you know heroes back then yeah
1: well you know we had rage against the machine back then and we understood yeah, the lyrics yeah, we weren't we weren't just like jocks in the military that were like that's our tank song like we actually listened to it of. right we we like, understood no, that songs about how cops
0: are fucking murderers like
1: right know? Uh the irony though is all my friends from high school that were all about like grunge rock and anti authority, they've all now become right wing Tea Party libertarian assholes, right? Because they finally got started getting paid enough money doing something and like bedded down with a nice Christian wife and had a bunch of kids and it's just like, oh you never really it's easy to turn a blind (laughs) eye
0: to that when you're when you're, you know, raking in fucking money. It's like, oh well, I don't don't really give a shit anymore that people are suffering and the system is immoral and fucking killing people for profit, you know, like, yeah,
1: it's, yeah, it's the older I get, the less outraged I am. But then also at the same time, it's like, I don't have to be because there's lots more people who are young and aware and taking action where I'm kind of like, all right, it's time for me to enter into my, uh, uh elder master luke skywalker years of isolation and and bewilderment (laughs) it's like to see and i I only say this because i
0: was just watching it at the gym uh that scene in guardians of the galaxy at the end when like have you seen that right uh
1: there's two of them the first one
0: the first one yeah Uh, uh, yes (laughs) so when you know minor spoilers when um when uh what's his face chris pratt grabs the infinity stone after they break it out of ronin's kind of like hammer thing And he's, like, fucking being torn apart by it. And then all all the other, you know, guardians kind of grab onto him to share the power of it so he doesn't get, like, torn apart by the sheer power of the Infinity Stone. That's kind of you right now. You're kind of like, you know, you, you feel, like, finally, like, you can relax a little bit because oh, yeah, other people are yeah. picking up the, well,
1: you know. That, that's what inspired me to write about the shit I was writing about six, seven years ago was that like nobody fucking understood what the hell I was talking about. And I get in online arguments with people and I'd be like, I, this is, I got to write a whole thing about this. This can't just be f- comments on Facebook. And more and more people have come around. The only place where people haven't really seen the light is liberal urbanists and their obsession with, with, uh, for-profit real estate they still want to have both worlds where they're like oh yes housing can be a human right we'll just drop the 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 the, uh, the rate of rent at 10% below market value and call it affordable and it's like what the fuck is market value well whatever we can get away with charging that's market rate <laughs> it's like that's you're fucking insane you people are and they're smart enough to know better and they still push this bullshit so that's one of those few things where it's just like I'll get I'll get really angry about <laughs> arguing with yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's on the level of like Israel Palestine where you just you see people who you know they know better and they're deliberately willfully fucking right right it's like well but the you know so there was there was an article about Mm -hmm. how um out in uh Portland Oregon um there's now they've built in so many new luxury condo units that now there's 16,000 of them sitting empty and this guy who's basically like this douchebag um you know, apologist for capitalism uh, guy. I saw like a subtweet of that article, and he said, "This is great news. Now the price of housing will start trickling down." And he was not being ironic. He was not being ironic. <laughs> and like an idiot. Like- so someone someone took a screenshot of this guy, and I know this guy in real life. I've I've met this guy and talked to him at, in real life. And they put a a, a a demo a screenshot of his tweet saying that sixteen thousand luxury units sitting empty is good for poor people alongside a demographic chart of uh, the population of homeless people in Portland and what ages they are and how long they've been homeless. And just the, you know the fact that they're out on the street with no way to move into any housing because they have zero dollars. And the idea that having 16,000 empty units just sitting there that no one can afford to move into still is a good thing. And it's mm-hmm. just like, motherfucker, if I saw that guy today, I'd punch him in his goddamn face.
0: And you've you've cited that like a stat before. There, there are they're like something like twice the number of empty houses that there are to homeless people in this country. Like
1: no, it's six times as many. Um, so oh, wow, that's it, yeah, that's horrifying. It, it, if you look at the numbers, it's hard to kind of figure out how it works. But <clears throat> in any given year in the U.S., there's about three to four million people who were homeless at some point in one year. At any given moment, though, if you take a, a tally on any given day, it's about half a million. So you have some people who are homeless for a few weeks, some from over a year, so on and so forth. So if you take that half million number of just how many home people are homeless at any given day, there are six empty homes. Uh, not even, I don't even know if that's including apartments. That's, I think that's just single family residences that are sitting empty. And people, the, the fucking urbanist will say, well, but that's in the suburbs and no one wants to live in the suburbs. I'm like, dude, have you been to the fucking suburbs? There's definitely homeless camps out there. There are people living in tent cities in the suburbs who would love to go live in a nice house that the bank is just sitting on with nobody in it. So the idea that, like, well, homeless people only want to live where uh, there's cafes and, and art galleries is fucking stupid. It's just stupid. Straw man. It's total bullshit. It's
0: just, it is, you know, right. The, the excuse just, they tell themselves because they don't like those types of
1: people. They don't like those types of people, and they don't like the idea that, um, you know, wouldn't... They don't like the idea that real estate shouldn't be allowed to make as much money as it wants to. You know, we talk about healthcare shouldn't be privatized, right? It should be a human right. Well, if housing is human right, then it should be free, you know, mm. or not free, but completely subsidized. If you want a nice mansion, you got to pay for it. But baseline level of housing should be afforded to everybody. And if there's houses that are sitting fucking empty, they need to be nationalized and taken away from the banks and given to people who can use them.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's it's fucking common sense, and you know, in a just society, that that would be what would
1: happen. But we
0: don't live in a just society. No, I, that'll
1: be the new frontier. I think this is you know, with Bernie and Cynthia and ocasio Cortez pushing this so hard, you know, an issue that's going to unite everybody. Um, we were looking at some of that polling data that Ladonna had, who couldn't be here tonight, and it's you know, m- by and large, the people who more than more than you'd expect are supporting ideas like uh universal healthcare uh and universal universal public access to the internet for you know are people in the in the rural areas, the people that are hurting the most. It's not this divide between um, you know, college educated people in cities and people to, who are working a cornfield. It's people who they just have the same fundamental needs finally recognizing what those needs are and having somebody who could articulate what those needs are and say, it's okay that you don't have these things because you deserve them. It's okay to have dignity and demand these things that we should all have. You don't, should not feel bad about it. We just have to work together to get them.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but you know, <laughs> we can't have Medicare for all because as Hillary Clinton said, it'll never come to pass. Uh, it's a pipe dream and it's a, you know, fair, it's, Presence under the tree, like that fucking genius on MSNBC said last week, uh, last month. Well, apparently, um,
1: Obamacare was all the presence we need. So
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know, speaking of Hillary Clinton, uh, you, you mentioned something to me before we went on the air that I hadn't actually read, but apparently Rex Tillerson uh, stopped Saudi Arabia from uh, another offensive war in in Qatar or Qatar. Whatever. This is
1: yeah. So the Intercept had a great article, and it's not that long, but they cite. Four different sources from four different agencies uh, familiar with different things. Now, usually Rachel Maddow, when she's wildly speculating, will uh, have a single source who doesn't really know, right? Right. Intercept, you know, I I think they do really good independent journalism. They cited four different sources that all confirm sort of the same thesis that the reason that uh, Exxon Mobelson or Rex Tillerson um, got fired as Secretary of State was because he was putting out a lot of fires that Trump was starting in the Middle East as far as pissing people off, calling them shithole countries, so on and so forth. But Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, who uh, are, are currently waging a genocide in Yemen with weapons they bought from Trump and Obama, uh, they wanted to go do the same thing in Qatar. And Tillerson basically put his foot down and said, no, no, you're not going to do that. There's no fucking reason for you to do that. No, there's no fucking reason. And, you know, the State Department, supposed to be, the goal is diplomacy. That is the goal, is, is you know, pushing our agenda through means other than violence. Um, and sometimes sanctions, but most of the time it's supposed to be, we meet together, we talk, let's figure out some deals, let's do diplomacy, right? And, and much know. as I was opposed to him, it seemed like that's what cost him his job. And he may have even known he knew it was going to cost him his job to stop another war in the Middle East from, you know, the psychopathic Saudis, right? And he may have actually deliberately defied Trump in doing so, but pulled enough strings or pulled enough connections that he did it, at least for, you know, the short term. And Trump fired him via Twitter. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So and, and then at the same time, Pompeo, who used to run the CIA, has also fallen into largely a role of diplomacy, trying to normalize relations with Korea, North Korea. Um, you know, trying to take a lighter touch with Iran than everyone else seems to want to take Democrats and Republicans. And it's like, here's these two guys who seemingly you would be opposed to in every way that somehow respect the office of, of diplomacy enough to try to do that and to try to make, you know, the Trump administration not as terrible as it could be. Um, and of course they're on a really, walking a tightrope because if they go too far, too much diplomacy, then they get fired for it. Right. Um, Now, compare that to Hillary Clinton, who, as Secretary of State, sat down and joked about killing Gaddafi and causing a a mass war there. What what was her quote? I'm sure you know. Uh, We came, we came, we saw he died. Ha 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 ha. This was after Gaddafi, who I was certainly no fan of, um, was beaten and mutilated and sodomized by a mob in the street. And she sits down and jokes about that, like... I know she thinks that's the way that Republican men are and that they probably really are and that's funny, but that's, that's something you would expect from the, the Secretary of Defense to say something that obscene and perverse. And she said that yeah, as Secretary of State. some fucking lunatic like Curtis LeMay or someone, you know? Yeah, John Bolton. Hillary <laughs> yeah. Clinton is basically a, a John Bolton in a pantsuit or a chamois, whatever the fuck she wears up on stage now.
0: Well, yeah, and it was it was funny. I was saying before we went on the air, it's like, you know, as far as Trump as, as Trump's appointees have been, his two Secretary of States have been far less hawkish than either of Obama's Secretary of States. I mean, you look at oh, yeah the shit Kerry did. Kerry was was advocating in front of Congress, uh, to to go in and fucking depose de, depose Gaddafi also, and he was talking about, um, how Saudi Arabia had offered to pay for it, and and he was just like totally upfront about that. You know, fucking. Hillary Clinton didn't meet an intervention in the Middle East that she didn't want to fucking get involved in. Like, largely, yeah. there, those two are the reason largely that we got into these other five bombing campaigns that we're involved in, and you know, in in Somalia and uh, uh, Yemen and all these and Syria. I mean,
1: Jesus fucking Christ, Syria. Uh, is is there a country left to bomb at this point? I mean, I feel like. Syria's Iran, just... <laughs> just Iran. We're getting no. I mean, there, I'm I sure. mean, in Syria, is there anything left to bomb? Oh, is no, there anything that's no, not? We we, we we've to... turned that country into fucking rubble. You
0: just know, horrific what we've done to that country, and of course, then we act like and, these refugees and, are, are terrorists coming here, even though we fucking created them. And then
1: house. you've got people like Sam Harris, who's got a show on NPR, who was on a show like Bill Maher or a show like Rachel Maddow. It normalizes the idea of us bombing the Middle East for unclear reasons. And subsequently you have no outrage from liberals that we're still carrying out the the seven wars that Trump inherited. You know, I thought there was gonna be a real anti war movement again, and there isn't. And I think Trump's at least smart everyone yeah, that's the one thing I hate about two by They're like, Oh, Trump's such an idiot, he's so dumb. Ooh, let's make fun of his voice. And it's like, how did he get to be president? Because he was smarter than everyone in the media, and he knew how to fucking play the media so that they would give him all the free airtime he needed to actually get elected. Mm-hmm. So he's smarter than everyone else on the fucking Clinton campaign. You know, he did certainly had no ground game to get elected. He knew how to use the media to get elected. That doesn't—he doesn't. You have to be a genius. You just have to know, you know, the the six things that'll sell any story: scandal, sex, uh, celebrity. Uh, it, it's just, it's a combination of things. But if you have I- at least two of the, 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 six total things or three or four, the media has to cover it and you can, they will put out whatever message you tell them to. So yeah. in that respect, uh, yes, I, I think he can get away with doing whatever he wants to and say whatever he wants to. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not some brilliant master stroke. It's just the guy knows he can hop out of one you know, burning pit of hell into the next and everyone's like, but he, how did he just shouldn't be allowed to do that? And it's like, he's just doing belligerently what every president's done and you just don't like yeah. that he pulled the mask off of it.
0: And, um, you know, you mentioned how you, you hope that the, the, the left would, would coalesce into this anti-war movement. I would even argue that they've become far more hawkish, you know, liberals for sure have become fucking war hawk maniacs. I mean, they all want to fucking war with Russia. They they all complain about how Trump is weak on North Korea or weak. I'm like, what the? F- am I in the fucking Twilight Zone? That like Democrats are talking about how we should be tougher, you know, a- on Iran or tougher. Like it's like this is fucking psychotic. You we're supposed to be the anti-war part. Like I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I say we very loosely, but the you know the Democrats are supposed to be the fucking anti-war party. You know, in theory, and it's like. Obviously they haven't been, you know, we know, we know the shit that Obama and Clinton and, you know, even Carter to an extent got, have, you know, got up to, but, um, nominally the left in this country is supposed to be the anti-war fucking wing of the country. And it's like stepfather.
1: Yeah. My stepfather always likes to, uh, resort to saying, well, uh, in 1960, the Democrats lost by being anti-war. So that's a, that's, That's it's, it's. Right. Well, it's, it's like, so we shouldn't have moral stances on things because it's I, not I, I politically it. <laughs> advantageous. Uh, why are you in politics then? Why do you want to see the world shaped in a certain way if you have no reason to care? If you just shut off the part of you inside that feels shame at seeing children burned to death by napalm? You, you can turn that off for the sake of political ex- expediency. Uh, your Your brain is broken. There's something broken inside you um so needless to say he and i don't get along very well uh when it comes to politics but uh it, it's just it's like why even why do you what is outrage what outrages somebody about somebody that uh so cavalierly talks about uh you know nuking iran or nuking north korea when you're not really opposed to that
0: well and like, you know what, what, the other and like to the point you were just saying it's like if okay, so even and of course, this total oversimplification and you know a lot of things fucked over McGovern, including the VP he ended up being forced to pick. But uh, a that was you know like what fifty years ago, sixty years ago now, uh, not the same fucking demographics. But look, B, I don't know because oh, like yeah.
1: Megan McCain, I can't know things about life before I was born. So uh, that was like I, no I was like no idea.
0: Born, so <laughs> um, so but The French B, Rebel, what? Yeah, right. But B, so uh, so uh, following this logic, it's like, okay, well, Democrats can't get elected if they're anti-war. Okay, well, then what, what do you give a shit? Do you, do you okay, so if you're anti-war, Why are you going to fight for a party to elect a party? That's not anti-war. Like, what do you care about getting Democrats elected? If they're not going to serve the agenda that you want them to serve, why don't you just say, fuck this and you know, vote green or vote what I like, I don't understand conceptually why you would say, okay, well, Democrats, uh, can't get elected if they're, they're anti-war. So I guess it's fine if there's pro-war Democrats or hawkish like, what, why like, do you not have any principles whatsoever? Like, I I just don't, I can't no. wrap my head around that kind of mentality. It's
1: just rooting for a sports team at that point. You yeah, don't have exactly, a reason yeah. to. It's just, you've been doing it so long, you never have a, 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 a thought of your own. Um, I do like letting my mom know uh, headlines uh, occasionally, like uh, this week, the headline uh, that was, uh, Chuck Schumer uh, refuses to punish Democrats <sighs> who have pledged to vote for uh trump's supreme kavanaugh, court yeah. kavanaugh yeah he's not going to hold him accountable for that it's like well there you go why were we opposed to trump in the first place again why did we have to uh, insist that voting the third party was traitorous because you know it's just it's like well we can't let trump get elected because then we have to confirm confirm his nominations we can't help ourselves and this is your fault <laughs> susan sarandon
0: It's like we get the same shit no matter, you know, do we get the same shit from them both to to steal a line from Kevin Devine song? It's like, what the fuck is the point like of of acting like, you know, shaming and, you know, yeah, like you were saying, wagging your finger and fucking shaming people like, oh, well, you didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. Oh, why? So she could have elected a fucking Texas Republican to the Supreme Court like her team fucking talked about internally, you know, like what, what, you know, you elect Democrats and you end up with fucking Republicans in all these seats anyway.
1: Like mm-hmm. what's the
0: point? Like I don't, you know. The so point again, is to exhaust is why...
1: people that have well, sorry, but the, yeah, I mean the point yeah. is to exhaust people who give a shit to the point where they stop showing up. Yeah, of up.
0: course, yeah. Of and
1: course. then they can blame them for not showing up. So it's it's the perfect uh, scapegoat of like, well, it's not our fault people are apathetic, it's their fault. It is as though they don't, you know, history exists in a vacuum and it's just like third-party people and independents who don't vote. Uh, just woke up that day and said, you know what? I don't care anymore. You know, it, it's they didn't become apathetic overnight. They're apathetic, as Ben Affleck said on Bill Maher very well, uh, as, um, what's his name, Russell Brand has said many times, people who are very oh, engaged and, yeah. you know, really want to see a better world, they become apathetic because the politicians are apathetic to their fundamental needs. That's it
0: yeah no absolutely i mean and and it, it the whole th- it's all a fucking consultant ecosystem that's how they survive is by creating this apathy and you know elevating these shitty candidates and the and the only reason that we're still even involved is because we're trying to get these insurgent candidates into these seats because we think that maybe you know hopefully they'll be able to break through once we get enough of them in there and that's even that's a fucking struggle but even like the, so that the, the that polling data we saw breakdowns of Non-voters uh, skew heavily towards, you know, socialist policies that in in favor of things like Medicare for all, uh, public, you know, uh, public internet, public broadband, uh, jobs guarantees. Even Republicans skew heavily in favor of that. So it's like these non-voters are not centrist or independents. Like you know, people who don't actually pay attention to politics think like, oh, that's the that's the middle. The the what, what did fucking idiot James Comey say? It was like the the the, the the great middle or whatever whatever the fucking shitty phrase he said um those people aren't like centrists they don't not vote because too, the parties are too far to either thing they don't feel represented by either party because they want things that help them and in, in their lives and neither fucking party wants to represent them so it's oh, yeah like, well there's
1: there's that that great scatter plot of where people's ideologies fall on a on like a uh uh 2D chart right and nobody is in the center nobody is a centrist no rational like you might have some right-wing ideology you might have some left-wing ideology but there's really nobody in the center there's people who maybe just don't pay attention and don't care one way or the other, and they're not people who are ever going to vote because they just don't care, right? As opposed to someone who does care but feels disenfranchised, right? So amongst mm-hmm. the people who would actually vote, there is no center in this country. And there's largely no center anywhere, really. So when people say, well, we're fighting for the the majority middle, there is no such thing. There is no majority. There, <laughs> it's there, it's there fucking, isn't even yeah. a minority. It's just an empty, yeah. there's two clouds on, on two corners of this thing and nothing in the fucking middle except people's money, which isn't even real half the time it's it's speculated and inflated. I want to read a quote to you real quick. This is Malcolm yeah, X sure. who um, you know like many peep- scholars from the from the era of uh, civil rights and uh, black liberation um, would say things that are very very relevant to now right now um, so here's his quote uh, the totally white liberal. <laughs> right. Well, you can't whitewash Malcolm X so easily. Uh, here's this quote. Um, the white mm-hmm. liberal differs from the white conservative only in one way. The liberal is more deceitful, more hypocritical than the conservative. Both want power, but the white liberal is the one who has perfected the art of posing as the Negro's friend and benefactor. And by winning the friendship and support of the Negro, the white liberal is able to use the Negro as a pawn or a weapon in his political football game. That is constantly raging between the white liberals and the white conservatives. The American Negro is nothing but their political football. That was 1963, said that. Wow. And, and it's even more true
0: today. I would argue, you know, it, it's it's even worse yeah. now. Well,
1: and it applies to more things than just Black Americans too. It applies to a great number of issues and people and marginalized communities. But you know, it, it speaks to how you know it's uh, when I hear people, right wingers, whatever was fucking crazy, say like, "Well, liberals and commies are on the same team," but it's like, no, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not they hate us more than you, they hate you. You got that backwards. <laughs> You've got two different kinds of capitalists. One are liberals. What are conservatives? And then you got people on the left that are anti-capitalist, you know, to to whatever degree that may be. So mm-hmm. um, when I hear people like Malcolm X and uh, Amanda Davis and, uh, Mel, um, you know, uh, Martin Luther King say that racism is inextricable from capitalism, you can't have one without the other. And then I hear people like Sank and Anna, Jank and Anna on TYT say, well, I'm a capitalist. I'm a capitalist. I support capitalism. It's just, it's like you're, you're just like you're vile. you're a just white supremacist, you're a racist. You just want to cloud it in a different way to make it more palatable. You're not rebelling against anything. You're not on the left by any means. You're center right at best. Sorry, but no, it's true. They it's are. absolutely true. And you know even we, we talk about it all the time and like I
0: you know I love Bernie, but Bernie's a center left at best politician in any other country in, in the world. It's just that yeah. our fucking political dialogue has been pulled so far to the right because both parties are, you know, right-wing corporate uh p- parties that somebody who's saying things that are fucking logical that the majority of the country sa- agrees with is considered this far left lunatic and it's like, well if he's so far left, why does 60% of the country support Medicare for all? Why do you know I think over 60% support a jobs guarantee? Why it's like you go down the line every policy he fucking advocates for yeah I, is I, I actually just... the, you know,
1: yeah, I, I think with with Bernie and uh, especially with uh, Casio Cortez, they their true po- politics are far far more left than they say out loud. Oh, like, I think so too. They, you know, if you look at the how communism came to rise in Vietnam and how communism came to rise in Cuba, it wasn't right away. Like they obfuscated and were like, no, we don't. We're totally down with other political parties we're not necessarily going to be communist and then like within two years they were full-on communist so um not you're, saying right that now that you're that's making megan mccain's head explode I, 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 ah. <laughs> yeah. expl-
0: I can't believe that people are applauding that
1: <laughs> yeah well it's you <laughs> know a she's, she's afraid
0: of, Such a fucking
1: <laughs> she's afraid of losing all that money she got for free that she didn't work for so yeah, her uninherited you know. fucking wealth you know um so, no, I think it's it's like, well, why isn't Bernie more anti-war? You know, and, and I get it. Like, that's he, he tried doing that at certain times and he had some effect, um, but he's trying to do some bigger things domestically and it's, you know, you can't do everything all the time. I get that. Um, but I also know that, you know, when you, when you are an abolitionist and you want to uh, blow up a whole dam, you know not many people are going to support blowing up the whole dam. But if you say, hey, I think that, dam should be uh, 10% shorter, we should drain some of the water out of there. And then you get that done. And then you go back and you say, hey, you know what, that we did that so well, why don't we keep uh, lowering the the dam a little, you know, but really, what you want to do is blow up the whole dam all at once. It's just, you know, that as a mass movement, you can only move so fast. And I think we're already moving very fast right now. It's just, you know, they know what works and what doesn't and what is palatable and what doesn't, what isn't uh but I, what i think is great is that instead of just sitting down and going well the country only moves so fast they're out there and they're moving it educating people and getting people fired up and getting people active and making them realize their own potential to do as much good as possible as fast as possible we're not talking about an armed revolution or you know taking over capital buildings uh like they've done in countries you know, before, like still happens in, in, you know, second, third world. But we're using the democratic means to have a very, very rapid change on a number of issues that, you know, before Occupy, you couldn't talk about the working class. You could just didn't. No one one even said the word working class before Occupy. You know, and and Bernie really is the first post-Occupy presidential candidate. And that changed everything. You think that Ocasio is going to be the only, you know, brilliant political up, up-and-coming star because of Bernie? Oh, no. This is going to no. be a fucking huge there's, wave, which is why goodness. Meghan McCain is hyperventilating into a
0: paper bag and, you know, fucking <laughs> <laughs> shrieking on air about socialism. Oh, it, and, and that, all just, these right-wingers, they're fucking terrified because they know we're going to win. Like, we're, we're, we're so close to fucking overtaking them and they know that unlike the tea party movement it's not built on fucking coke brothers billionaire you know like astroturf funding this is an actual grassroots movement of an actual majority of the country who wants things that we should already fucking have because we paid for them tenfold uh already things like healthcare and housing and food and or you know jobs like uh, you know uh, living wage jobs and you know i don't care if you're right left center fucking anywhere Uh, you understand that the system we live in is fucked up and broken and it needs radical change to make sure that uh, it doesn't just totally collapse on itself, which it already arguably collapses are
1: (laughs) Right, the collapses are, are planned and then you bet against the odds of when it collapses. I mean, that's what credit fault swaps were. It's like not enough just to invest in housing, but to also make really bad investments and then bet on whether those investments... Uh, fold or triple their money. So it's like you're you're running uh, a really good racehorse and a really bad racehorse, and not only are you placing bets on both, you're having people place bets on which you're putting more money on at the same time. So people are betting on how good you are at betting, you know. And it's like that's that's the whole Marx wrote about this. The whole idea of fictional capital that that all you know you can only expand real capital so long until the world is is. You know, completely urbanized, and then there's nowhere else to go except to inflate real estate, except to inflate the the stock value of things, and it's not real money. And once people realize it's fictitious money, then they all want to cash out at the same time, and that's what causes the crash. And then, of course, you have yeah. people that that bet on that; <laughs> they're planning on the crash. <laughs> that Crisis, the create you know. that, yeah, that fucking it. Welcome that, and then yeah, make money the, off of that. The collapse is deliberate. Cycles of divestment and reinvestment are deliberate. It's not a byproduct. So, it's, you know, once people realize that, then, of course, they get distracted by other things, like the media telling them, oh, no, 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 but it's Russia, 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 Russia. You're not supposed, the, the Nazis weren't even a thing until Russia told you to be worried about it, so now they told you to put up an event page, but now we have to take it down because it's not real. It's been influenced by Russia, you know, so yeah. it's, <laughs> like, you know. And and, it, and
0: the whole concept of Wall Street just fucking baffles me that people, like, I, I talked to, you know, my girlfriend's father, who's... Uh, somebody that uh, you know lost his job because of layoffs. He he worked for a big company and he and he had a job for like thir- you know he's retired now, but he he had a job for like thirty years or some crazy long length of time, and he got laid off and he still fucking uh, buy stocks and he still like you know d- 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 like is like a part of that kind of he still has that right wing kind of brainwashing programming and I'm like, dude, fucking. The reason you don't have a job is because your company that you work for decided that their fucking shareholders would uh, get a stock bump of a tenth of a point if they laid off 200 employees, regardless of whether or not they were productive or how long they worked there or whether or not it was going to destroy their families. And it's like, you, you're you going to still participate in this fucked up fucking system like that. that well, yeah, what other it, it, system it, it, is there? <laughs> I but but like he but like yeah I just can't understand how anyone doesn't think that Wall Street should be burned to the fucking ground like it, it the whole concept of it is absurd and the fact that our economy runs on this fucking monopoly money that is not even real and that just you know ha- I, yeah Every, every fucking month there's a story about how, like, you know, Trump uh, meets with Kim Jong-un, defense stocks, you know, uh, are in the tank, or in the gutter, and then Wall Street, you know, our economy is, is in crisis because we're talking about diplomacy. It's like, that's a fucked up fucking thing to have our economy rely on is these people, you know, wanting to create uh chaos and death in the fucking world because it makes the money like that's yeah
1: every time i log into uh, twitter.com now i see these sponsored ads for boeing and uh (laughs) it's like showcasing all of their drones and uh f-35 military fighter fucking war porn tools and every time i'll comment on it something to the effect of get your fucking war porn off my timeline and i will report it for promoting violence because I don't think that, uh, if it you know, no, I it, Twitter, Twitter, like that, yeah. yeah, Twitter wouldn't let the NRA do advertisements on their timeline. Why are they letting fucking Boeing and Raytheon, uh, advertise death machines on my fucking timeline? Like, yeah. it, am I going to go buy a fucking helicopter? Those are helicopter? acceptable murderers. Those, those are the acceptable murderers. The NRA are the,
0: are the kooks, but the, uh, the defense contractors, we, we we like the the murdering that they do.
1: It's uh, state sanctions, so you know. Yeah, well, it's just you know, and you know, when you're a little kid, and it's like you got toy airplanes, and you're just like, oh, missiles, you know, it's fun, and you don't it's, yeah. you don't think about it as like. Oh, here's the limbless orphan who uh, lived in a a mud hut that was close to uh, a a weapons locker from, you know, uh, some stuff that some uh, terrorists bought from the CIA 20 years ago. And it's just been sitting there. But we found it was a target. And it's just it's like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck are we doing? You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's not even a war. There's no enemy. It's just selling weapons to make money because someone's getting rich off of it.
0: We haven't had an enemy since World War II. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> Vietnam, we fucking created it. Every war we've had so far since World War II, and arguably World War II as well, but, you know, especially since World War II, we've manufactured an enemy because we need to fucking serve the war machine. Oh, we were doing it way rolling. before then. We just got lucky oh, course, that that I time mean,
1: there was, I mean, the the Spanish-American War, yellow journalism, the the, the fake bombing of the summer, whatever the ship it was. Lusitania. Yeah, all that you know. Our little, uh, you watch the 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 um, Ken Burns special on uh, the Roosevelts, which was about Teddy and FDR. They totally gloss over the part where Teddy Roosevelt went to the Philippines and killed thirty thousand civilians. It's just, it's you know, it's it's disgraceful, but it's not shocking considering it's PBS um, that they yeah. would whitewash a, a massacre like that. Uh but yeah, it's you so, know, as soon as we figured out that we wanted to be an empire, we got really good at it because we had a shitload of free land and cheap labor and a ton of mineral resources and no reason not to. You know, so yeah. our we, we took our independence from uh you know colonial Britain and we turned around and became it very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we get out of here, I want
0: to get into uh, unpopular opinions because I have one that uh, I think will be an interesting
1: conversation. Do you have one also today? I had a couple, but I feel like it's they're they're way too close to just being like. Shitty, sexisty, whatever kind of things. It's like I yeah, don't save those, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's the, the they're not like they're not strongly held beliefs. It's just like oh, I'm pissed off at one particular person, and she's a yeah. chick,s so and now I'm just gonna like you know what really grinds my gear. Like I don't, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. So. so,
0: my unpopular opinion, and hear me out because I think you'll you'll initially maybe kind of push back or want to push back, but let me let me give you some figures right, and things like go. that. Let's and then, go, and and we'll 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 chat about it. Yeah. Um. Pla- and I I experienced this firsthand because Cape Cod right now is trying to ban plastic straws. Now they already banned plastic bags, which I'm totally in support of. Um, I it, it, there's no reason we should fucking use plastic bags when paper bags work just as well, if not better, and can be recycled at a higher rate and don't fucking clutter up the ocean. Um, plastic straw bans I think are bullshit, and I'll tell you why. Uh, number one to me, it's peak white uh savior complex liberalism where they think that they're helping but they're really not doing much at all and the reason i say that uh i i you know i looked i i looked into this because it, it, you really they were hitting you over the head with it while, while i was in the cape uh and i i was curious i was like oh fuck i wonder how much uh you know plastic s- straw waste uh we actually you know create because uh, it's a, a single-use plastic um So Australian scientists uh, estimated that uh, just using trash collected on U.S. coastlines during cleanup over five years, there are nearly 7.5 million plastic straws lying around America's shorelines, which sounds like a lot. And it is, Um, you know, but further on, uh, you read, uh, read about our actual plastic uh, waste. Uh, Straws make up about 4% of plastic trash uh, in the ocean by piece, but far less by weight. Uh, straws on average weigh so little, about one 67th uh, of an ounce or 0. 0.42 grams that all of those billions of straws add up to only about 2000 tons of the nearly 9 million tons of plastic waste that yearly hits the water. So th- th- I, got, I have more on this. So if we did, and, and I'm not saying we shouldn't stop using plastics, uh, uh, like I think we should largely stop using plastic straws, but I'll get into why banning them is a bad idea. Um... So if we remove that, we still have eight point. I'm again not a math surgeon, but nearly the entirety of the plastic waste in the ocean would still be there if we completely eliminated plastic straws. The vast majority of plastic waste in the ocean, forty six percent, is fucking fishing nets, which is you know people lose they call them so uh, we should ban, ban fishing
1: and and make everyone go vegan that's the simple solution. well no I, honestly yeah we
0: we should <laughs> I, I don't believe yeah. in supporting the 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 you know the commercial fishing industry at all i mean if you want to fish for your you know yourself off the fucking pier and that you bring that home to your family it's like what I, you know i don't really care one way or the other and um you know we can have a discussion about that but commercial yeah. fishing's a fucking a, a menace so, to our our you know our ecosystem and our yeah. oceans so so but that no, as was far as,
1: uh, yeah well just to speak to that yeah i mean i'm not to be sarcastic because i truly really mean it that um you know the idea that we want to save the oceans by banning straws but not go vegan or not at the very least stop eating the oceans yeah. um is it's it's like there's um Ted Danson was doing a some World Ocean thing and they it was some big benefit, you know, where they have a bunch of wealthy donors and they had a, like the whole thing was catered with like all these like rare, you know, going extinct fish to, that people were going to eat. And he actually said, "Well, if we're not going to save the oceans to enjoy eating them, what's the point?" And wow. it's like, "You dumb motherfucker, there is nothing killing <laughs> the, oceans the oceans more are dying? than fishing." 90% of commercial fisheries are in collapse right now. They can't even they are killing the fish so young that's before they even have a chance to reproduce. So every fish can't even create one offspring let alone the multiple necessary to keep their population up. So once that happens, you know, I mean, the, the problem with the plastics honestly is not just chunks of plastic floating around and choking the sea turtles, it's that as that pla- plastic does break down, which it does, it doesn't biodegrade, but it does break down to, you know, particles smaller than sand is that phytoplankton can ingest them and once you start working plastic up the food chain from that low of a level from phytoplankton on up it will be in everything it'll be in every single person who eats seafood it'll be in every single uh whale that eats a fish and it just the the level of toxicity increases over time it gets into the bloodstream it gets into the cells of, of organisms it and it's completely toxic and the lower it gets into the food chain the higher the toxicity as it works its way up
0: yeah, and that's one of the reasons I don't, for many reasons, why I don't eat any kind of seafood or any food that comes yeah. from the sea. But um, but no, as far as the plastic straw goes, it's, I you know, totally... know to start. Well, well, so look, I'm in support of getting rid of, you know, in mass getting rid of plastic straws and trying to move towards paper straws or, you know, if you don't need one, just not using a straw. But the, again, the idea of banning them, uh, the disabled community and the elderly community... Uh, rely on plastic straws in a lot of cases, like but, you know. Why can't you use a metal straw? Well, well, because metal straws can't bend necessarily. That's sure the big can. thing with.
1: Sure uh, have, Why do you need the straw to bend? You just tip the glass. No, if you're good. if
0: you're if you're you know in uh in a in a hospital bed and you can't lift your body at all and you're at a forty five. Uh, Right. You, can, uh, you can make a metal surgeon, straw. But... <laughs> you can fucking... You can, um, you ever, not a okay, geometrist, go to, but...
1: Go to, go to Williams-Sonoma. They have fucking metal straws of every different angle you could want for every... So different... supposedly, this is, this is a big... And the, the disabled community is very against
0: uh, the banning of plastic straws because it's oh, going to make life harder it's... for them. And
1: i the oceans I think largely, are dying the oceans are fucking dying you're not going to have any community left at all the whole point it's it's, it, it's, it's almost it's a, a start it's a start i think that
0: ye, us like able-bodied people and i don't even know if that's like the right term to use but um people who who don't need to use it should absolutely abstain from using plastic straws i don't think that people should be given a plastic straw as a you know as a default. I think we should totally move away from that and move towards, you know, paper yeah. straws or metal straws. I want my servers to but... be
1: afraid to th- just throw a straw down on the table, and I've pretty much yeah, got no, all I... my regular servers afraid to do it. They'll be like, do you, do you want a straw? And I'll be like, no. They're like, okay, and then <laughs> run away. Like, they <laughs> don't all ag- know, because I'll glare hard. I
0: agree that that's where our society should move towards, but I don't think banning them... I, I, I feel like banning them is the wrong move, because, it, again, is is almost kind of an ableist ban. And I, I think bans in general... Are fucking mostly stupid. I mean, you think you look at things like, uh, like the soda ban in Manhattan, like you know, the large soda. Ban. It's like number one, it, it, it's again another thing where like a lot of low income people were like, hey, look, you know, you, you ban these large cups from places like McDonald's. Like I would go there to get, uh, you know, iced tea, and we would get like a lot. And I'm not saying me, but like you, you heard a lot of this when when Bloomberg banned fucking large sodas in Manhattan. They're so like, well, I could get you know a, an iced tea for the family, a 64 ounce for the same, you know, for like two dollars and whatever. And now I can't. You know, I just think that a lot of times, mostly white liberals focus on things that make them feel better rather than things that actually help no, I agree. like I agree. banning commercial fi- you know banning commercial fi- uh fishing nets or things like that or at the very least uh a, b- a proposal that was i read about was uh tagging all of these nets so that you can financially hold these companies accountable that abandon their fishing nets and don't go and retrieve them when they lose them it's not like they're trying to throw them away deliberately they just fucking lose them, and then they just say it's cheaper for them to be like, ah, fuck it, I'll leave it rather than go They'll cut their
1: lines if they get caught because the vast majority of commercial fishing is illegal, but there's no international patrol. So things like uh, drift netting and long lining are completely illegal, uh, drifting is basically the idea of like, say you want to go deer hunting, but to do it you bulldoze the entire forest. Drifting is when they take a net and they just rake the entire seafloor with it, and they kill everything to get one or two species they're actually looking for. Same yeah. thing with yeah. with longlining. They put on a line that could be dozens of miles long, a single line that's dozens of miles long, and they just drive around and catch everything. So you have hooks on it. They're just gutting, you know, gutting seagulls and otters and penguins, and it's like oh hey there's the one thing we want we'll take that and throw everything bells back overboard to bleed to death right so it's yeah. illegal but nobody polices the international waters because there's no money in conservation you know there's money in and privatized who, prisons it, there,
0: there's <laughs> questions about who even controls international waters right now, nobody nobody does
1: nobody does yeah. um i mean there's a few but groups that live go on out a there fucking and boat and yeah. you know in the middle of the ocean and call it a country <laughs> or whatever that fucking so so basically you don't want to ban things if it's a frivolous thing or you think it doesn't send the wrong message i, I just I, uh, I think that it makes the liberals feel better to say let's ban plastic straws
0: without thinking about the small marginalized communities it's going to affect rather than saying hey let's start a uh, information campaign to tell everybody stop using plastic straws if you don't fucking need one and also let's focus on you know getting rid of commercial fishing and things like that that actually Clutter up our fucking ocean with plastics and well, things I mean, like
1: that. The argument would then of course be, Well, you're taking away my choice for a straw, now you're taking away my choice to eat sushi at the at a hotel in the desert in Vegas, you know? It's my personal choice if I want to eat the oceans to death. At a certain point, no, it's not your personal choice. Your convenience shouldn't take you know, should not take precedence over the survival of the global ocean ecosystem. And it might be a small amount relatively, but it's a start and it's a thing we can focus on. And that one ban, even though it may not be the majority of the material plastic in the ocean, does raise awareness. It does make make people think, do I need to eat this salad with a plastic fork or can I carry around a metal fork that I rinse off with, you know, half a tablespoon of water? And I carry it with me in my purse or my bag or whatever. You know, it it does change the conversation to a degree. I don't think it, it's going to save the world, in and of itself. But a lot of these things that we just don't need to use. It's not that we should never have plastic. It's that we shouldn't have a single plastic thing that we use once and throw away that lasts for a hundred thousand yeah. years. You know, um, and this I, idea, I think, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Well, I was just gonna say, I, I think I think I'm t- and I agree largely with what you're saying. I just think with the straw specifically, there are extenuating circumstances where it will make life more difficult and uh create more alienation for You can still buy a plastic straw groups. from the fucking store. You can still
1: well, get no, a plastic store. Well, no, but not if you ban them, store. period. Like if you No, and, they're, no one's doing that. They're just banning giving them no, out no. as as
0: Counties are banning time, them completely. I mean, yeah, Cape Cod is trying to ban them complete a lot of counties actually. I think Manha- oh, Manhattan did. I fucking I went to a restaurant uh it you know when I was when I was there for the wedding and when they had paper straws which again I was totally fine with right I just think they largely still work the idea, they just
1: biodegrade that's the only difference well they they
0: they fall apart in like a couple hours but that which is fine for me again I yeah' am, I'm capable of drinking without a straw I just think you know this one particular issue I think is it, is an issue that a lot of white liberals push because it makes them feel better about themselves when they're really not focusing on the actual cause of ocean contamination
1: ocean. Yeah, well good luck pollution. trying to get them to go vegan because I've been talking about this for climate change reasons and everyone is just like brah blah blah. Personal choice won't save anything. It's gotta be system choice system change whatever well, anyway yeah. so that's that's one of my problems is anytime you talk about massive system change people the the people who are really power that worry about losing money will say but what about small businesses they're the ones who are going to suffer the most and of course no they're not they're the ones that would benefit the most same thing with it's like you talk about banning the most destructive polluting machine that we use all the time from dense city centers like new york city and it's like but but I know a guy who has to drive because he can't take the bus because of what you know, because of some some different ability he has. And it's like I know just as many people who ride a bike or take the bus because they physically cannot drive. So that cuts both ways. It's the idea yeah. that we should keep doing something that's destructive to everyone because it benefits a, a select few amount of people uh, is not logical. Well, I also think that there's at times kind of – well, not the reverse, but
0: the the inverse uh, concern for me is that a lot of times I think people get away with, you know, focusing on individual consumer uh, changes and things like that when really we do need large-scale changes from things like, you know, the fishing industry and the meat industry and things like that where it's like, well, you know, if we all fucking – you know focus more on uh reducing our eco footprint uh it, which we all should do and that's great it still is a drop in the bucket compared to all the industrial pollution and all it's the not though you know the it's, fr- it's really it,
1: not i, I wh- where does most of the carbon output from your personal consumption come from, from my personal uh probably my car your car and the food you eat, right? So yeah. you choose not to drive a car, take transit or ride a bike, and you choose not to eat any meat or dairy. But I you literally could reduce not reduce your choose carbon. not to drive a car where I live. That's the point. No, a lot then of them, maybe can't we should look at to how, to we,
0: car. how where we live, then. <laughs> you know? But that's a large scale societal change to say, let's all
1: completely urbanize the entire country. And I'm not saying that's a bad no, idea. I'm no, just saying that's... you can have public transportation in the suburbs, we just don't do it right it's it's not that we can't it's not we'd that have you to have change to change the systems of power to do that we'd have to get people in there um,
0: who are willing to create this mass you know form of tra- and i look i just think it, it, it it's always a slippery slope into we need to change large-scale systems so i am all for personal responsibility and well they're and, not going to build know, public
1: transit if you don't demand it you're not going to get those system changes if you don't demand it so well, if, but there's if you, also
0: areas like uh you know in rural areas a lot of places just aren't built for
1: public in terms of rural. That's still a small number of of people, right? It doesn't make any sense to have uh, your own fleet of pickup trucks. If you live in Manhattan, it does. If you live out in Montana, Right, yeah. but it's still it's when you're driving across country that's a lot more fuel efficient than when you're driving uh, a couple blocks and then stopping and idling and then a couple blocks and stopping and idling. Oh yeah, no, I I totally agree.
0: We're, we're, you know, regarding cars in in cities, and I think that's fucking you know I, I, even more so after going there, you know, uh, and and seeing just the kind of okay because I, I haven't been so in an actual if, car if in Manhattan would, in years. It's like what
1: would be the system change to get everyone to take public transit rather than drive a car in a city? If that's a what? system change, then you would have to. Well, you'd have to ban uh, cars in in city. Right. So they're banning the straws, banning the cars. It's the system change you want. <laughs> I just think straws is
0: is not nearly as effective as banning cars would be in terms. Of, I'm just. You know I, what? I, I this, citing this. Is this is the last straw. This is the last straw. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, motherfucker! I'm gonna jab a straw up your nose if we keep having this no car. man. This is the first, a, straw. a metal a one too, a, not a, not a fucking biodegradable one, one that'll just stay there forever and fucking.
1: <laughs> Listen, I already know it's painful because I watched the fucking sea turtle videos where they're crying oh God, and blood's yeah. coming out of their Horrible. nose. You only got to watch that once before you're like, nope, no more straws. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think a lot more things will happen. It's just we're so used to having every fucking consumer luxury jammed down our throat you know, uh figuratively, not literally mm-hmm. like sea turtles. Uh that were just well, like it, you're you're banning it, but now I can't have ten thousand things I want. I can only have nine hundred and ninety-nine thousand things I want. You know, it's like And again, we'll, I think we'll get over it. We'll
0: get over it. And I and I think companies like Starbucks and and places like that should absolutely transit, you know, move to using only paper straws. I just don't think banning plastic straws out I, I think they should have them available in case somebody comes in and says, hey I literally can't, you know, use a straw where I can't, like, there, there's, and again, I'm not the, I'm not a, a disability expert, and there are actual reasons that I've read about. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a straw surgeon, but there are reasons where why it, it, it is an ableist ban in some, in some senses. So I, oh, you know, I would, yeah. I would encourage people to read about that. And I'm not, you know, again, I'm not an expert on that. But I, I just think, you know, there our resources could be better spent banning fucking, you know, fossil fuels or, you know, banning commercial fishing and fucking oh, things like yeah. drift nets and things like
1: that. Fossil fuels is the easy one and that's got a lot of energy. I think, you know. Well, and that's the absolute big one giant that we need industri-
0: to fucking do. But
1: Yeah, but, you know, it's animal agriculture too. That's that's where most of the methane comes from, which traps way more heat energy than than carbon does. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just we don't you know we're we're still so afraid of banning things or telling people how to live differently that we're uh, as a climate justice movement uh, you know it's still we're like oh but telling people not to kill animals because it's unethical and really pollutes the environment and causes global warming we're people are mostly still afraid to do that because they see the reaction from people that are like, you can ban my straws, but how dare you ban my McRib sandwich?
0: <laughs> well, I think there's also a concern of, like, you'll lose that person entirely and you won't get anywhere that you want to get in terms of your goal of climate, you know, independent, yeah. like, you know, green, a totally green thing when you're alienating, you know, 80% of the I, – I don't know the stats. I don't know how many people in, in, in the country or in the world are vegan. Probably more in the world, more so than in the United States. But um,
1: it's, I mean, most people in the world already are mostly vegan. It's just they don't have a word for it because they just have never lived a, you know, with a with a heavily Western diet. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. and That's just kind of our own uh, narcissism that we assume everyone eats what we do. But you know, for the most part, they don't. In cities, I mean, most global cities they've adopted a fairly much more meat, dairy heavy. Uh, western diet but uh you know it's not that hard it's just we're we've we're conv- we've convinced ourselves through marketing advertising that, like we're all these tough cavemen guys because cavemen ate nothing but uh meats and whatever nuts their caveman wife gathered throughout the day you know which is it's like it just wasn't that way it never was that way um but you know again, even, I even if it was we are trying to we're make change where you can society, and, you know Right. Well, you know, the idea that uh, we got most of our food from killing other animals that were really big and and hard to kill, that we took like a whole tribe of people with spears, like that was still really dangerous. And we didn't do that all the time <laughs> because it was really dangerous. You know, you might be hungry, but if you can go off in a field and pick a bunch of berries without risking your own life, wouldn't well, you we're do still that? in the food
0: chain at that point. I mean, that's not even remotely a concern for most right. people, you know, now that, that the idea of being a part of the uh, not at the top of the food chain which we kind of are now if you you know look at the society we've built up
1: yeah well except for hippos they're still above us but uh (laughs) (laughs)
0: well there's that can eat us but we don't i mean in america (laughs) largely that's not a concern for us unless you live in the fucking mountains where you know around grizzly bears and shit you know yeah (laughs) Um, well but
1: of course now we're, we're we can we have no threat to our lives so we replaced um you know, chronic illness with, well, no, no, what did we do? What did we, um, we, we replaced, um, I forget the word for like it. Like I'm not death
0: a, with chronic illness? No, or?
1: it's we replaced communicable disease with chronic illness, right? Like the, the cities used to be overcrowded. You had the tenement buildings and uh, before antibiotics, people, you know, illness spread really fast because of poor sanitation and overcrowding, right? So we said, well, let's spread out to the suburbs. Let's invent this thing called the suburbs as early as the 1850s. We started thinning out the cities uh, and in doing so um, became much more sedentary and less active. So we ended up Uh, using a a different kind of urbanization to address um, communicable disease. And now we don't walk anywhere. We don't bike anywhere. So now we're all suffering from eating too much. We're suffering from chronic illness, from, from never not being active enough. So, and and again, urban planning goes a lot into that. And we've talked about that before, Um, but it's, you know, the way we live our lives is designed by how we built society physically in a lot of ways, so I th- yeah. I think to, to address those some things, you, some of those things you can address through education. Sometimes a little bit of social shaming, but um, you got to ban stuff. At the end of the day, if it's that harmful and it's not necessary, you got to ban it. What did, when we were there was a huge fucking hole in the ozone layer because of the the chemicals they were putting in hairspray. All oh, the no, leaders I of, that of ban. the world yeah. just said, "Hey, but we that don't was need an industrial ban." Right, it was industrial banned, but it was a consumer product. Right, if people said, "But I need that chemical in my hairspray, otherwise it just doesn't make my hair as good," you know, it'd be like, "Well, tough shit." If the hole in the ozone is going to kill the fucking planet and all your hair is going to fucking fall anyway, so it won't matter. <laughs> so, no. uh, you know, it's the needs of well, the many outweigh the needs of the few. I just want to know why,
0: when we're getting our uh, Wally chairs, where we can just all ride around, not have to ever walk again. Oh I yeah, I want a, I want a Rascal <laughs> scooter. <laughs>
1: A rascal scooter to take me to my uh, pickup truck to take me to my mailbox. Yeah. That, that'll be the pure, pure Americana.
0: That's freedom, goddammit. That's what, that's what these soldiers fight and die for every day. That's, that's, that's right. That's what... Oh, by the way, real quick, before we get out of here, I, I want to address something because I had a couple people reach out to me and say, including a, a veteran who, who's a big fan of our show, uh, saying that we were really disrespectful to John McCain. I want to I say something. Us joking about how John McCain's going to die soon is not because he was a soldier. It's because he's a fucking lunatic, bloodthirsty piece of shit who has advocated for the mass killing of innocent civilians countless times you know say we, I, I, we can go through his fucking resume but you know joked about bombing iran singing a fucking beach boy song about how much he wants to just kill a bunch of innocent people you're like napalming civilians um yeah i mean it's just never uh, met a fucking intervention he didn't support you know yeah. uh, we can go on and on. he's a fucking maniac he he's a, to me he's like a step below kissinger you know kissinger is the architect of some of these things so i think he's worse but Uh, John McCain is not a good guy he's not a good person he's a bad fucking person I'm not gonna be sad when he dies I you know to me it's like if he and I I said I think I said this last week even but if he fucking came back after being tortured and seeing the horrors of war and seeing the horrors of the shit that we did and and the fact that we were in even in Vietnam and seeing all the horrible shit we've done and and he became like a worldly citizen and became a peace activist and said things like oh this is you know i you know oh well oh great well he doesn't support torture because he was fucking tortured like that's that that's the one good thing i could say about john mccain like you know like other than that he hasn't met a fucking war he hasn't wanted to start so he's not a good guy and i'm not going to be sad when he dies
1: yeah i don't understand how someone would be a fan of our show and think john mccain's a a decent human being well i don't i don't think this person thought that
0: but i think they thought we were being kind of like gauche about the way we were talking about it but Number one, you know, we we joke about shit for comedic effect because we are a f- podcast trying to entertain people. But number two, I joke about not, John
1: McCain getting stabbed in the fucking balls because I think getting stabbed in the balls is funny when you're a war criminal. Yes, yeah, sorry, I mean, he, he,
0: you know, he, he really should be in jail. <laughs> like he, he's every breath he takes as a free man is, uh, you know, borrow time or whatever you want to call it. Like he's not, yeah. he, 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 like most, you know, fucking politicians who had some level of. Uh, involvement in our government uh is a fucking war criminal and you know probably deserves to be sitting in a fucking jail cell in the Hague like yeah i just i have no oh. sympathy for him whatsoever uh no, and you know I, I had a couple dies, different... we're going to have a fucking party
1: so we are we're going to we're going to devote a whole episode it's going to be the best episode to... ever yeah it'll be better than when Candace lost her old account. Uh, yeah, I guess I've had a few other unpopular opinions, but I guess just because of whoever reached out to you, I just have to say, uh, fuck the troops. Fuck all of them. Fuck every last one of them. long as they're American or Israeli, fuck the troops. Don't like them. So, sorry. Not sorry.
0: You know, we we, we had our back and forth about that, and I I think, you know, it's slightly... I, I don't even want to get into it again, but yeah, I mean, I, I think largely I certainly will say, fuck you know, the way our military has been used and fuck the... the, the, Troops are just cops
1: with a passport. That's the only difference. One is home, one's abroad. Yeah.
0: In any event, I wanted to address that before we got out of here because I thought that was, uh, I, you know, I, 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 was, I was slightly taken aback at first, and I was like, look, I, you know, I, I understand generally joking about people dying of of diseases is not fucking cool, but when it's somebody like John McCain, it's a political it some... figure.
1: He's not a person. He's a political figure yeah. who did terrible, terrible politics and wished death upon aggregate. thousands and thousands of people. When you joke about bombing Iran, you're wishing death. As a joke upon thousands and thousands of people, Millions so when we joke figures, about yeah. John McCain's dick getting stabbed with a fucking bayonet, sorry, he lived. I wish he hadn't.
0: Yeah, and oh, and by the way, uh, John McCain. Uh, if people don't remember, you know, everyone thinks about the time he, you know, stopped the, the Trump care bill from passing with this big dramatic moment. That was only because Trump insulted him. Like he later got wheeled in on, off of his fucking deathbed in a wheelchair to uh, vote on that that compromised repeal bill which eliminated healthcare subsidies and is going to affect millions of americans probably including me because i make so little money that i benefit from those subsidies uh you know next well, wait, year Anthony, when the insurance market i thought you were college around. educated oh yeah see funny story it doesn't matter if you have any kind of college education turns out you still can't get a fucking job that pays you a living
1: wage or pays wait, you enough so to live on your own but in a fucking i read a I read some poll results today, and it was the demographics were uh, working class and college educated. Those are two different things, Anthony. I don't think you realize that if you went to college, you are no longer working class. It's true. Yeah, it's true that you know <laughs> the fact that fifty percent of our country is 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 below
0: the poverty line, even though probably more than that have gone to college is is a, a statistical anomaly. I am sure you know.
1: Yeah. I know people who have uh, three master's degrees and still are working under the poverty line. So mm-hmm. the idea that if you're college, I looked at that poll today and I was like, where did they get these demographic uh, t- criteria from the 1940s? Yeah, like, right. what the, this? I've done survey, I've worked in a survey research lab at, at a university. Those categories were, would be laughed out of the room. <laughs> so anyway, we'll maybe get into that another time. <sighs> but in any, in any
0: event, um. Oh, uh, you know, I should mention uh, if you want to support the show, we're doing a merch drive right now. Uh, we we've actually had some success; and people have picked up some stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, you we know, have, we're actually merch surgeons. We're merch. We're not math surgeons. We, we, I, I am in fact surgeons. a merchandise surgeon. <laughs> I, 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 I am
0: in fact a merchandise. I'm not a pitch surgeon. I'm not an ad, I'm not. I'm not good at pitching any of these things. But I am in fact um. a merch design surgeon. But um, yeah. So uh teespring.com slash move left um you can go there you can buy uh we have shirts uh women's cut shirts i think there's like a tote bag uh which you should totally get if
1: you go shopping for groceries because if you like totin you'll like our tote bag
0: yeah, no, you know, to fucking bring it's the least you can do. Bring a reusable bag. Don't use a don't even use paper yeah. bags. Just bring your own. Well, you can bag. you can
1: still line our canvas bag with a plastic bag if you're worried about bacteria. <laughs> if you really want to be wasteful. the plastic I'm industry just... really wanted you to know that, and uh, they didn't pay me to say that. They I just, I just know that but that's what they would want. <laughs> also, there's
0: coffee mugs if you if you drink coffee, uh, so that you know don't use reusable cups. Um. But, yeah, so, you know, it helps us out with the hosting costs. It's it's expensive to host the show every month, so if you if you want to pick up a cool uh, piece of merch, uh, it'll help us out. And you can wear it to the gym, and it'll say, Move Left, Idiots, and you can get into fights with all the fucking Maga Chugs who hang out in the uh, the weight section and, you know, snort we protein powder. You. <laughs> and, you know, whatever else the fuck they do. I just see those dudes over there. I'm like, do you guys ever do fucking cardio? Like, do, you, do all you guys do is just fucking, like, you know, grunt and lift weights and fucking you know, talk about banging chicks and whatever else the fucking, like, I don't know. Slapping each other's balls in the locker room. That's all they do. That's all they're there for. The, the, the weight room section of the gym is like the most fucking meat headed, you know? So cardio Um, is
1: doing like low level exercise. That's constant for an extended period of time. Right. Like, Riding a bike, basically. Yeah,
0: riding a bike or, you know, elliptical, treadmill. Yeah. Oh, I hate treadmill. But
1: you don't look fucking tough as shit when you're, you know, sitting there just mildly sweating as you're doing repetition, riding yeah. a bike or jogging on a treadmill. Uh, you even lift, you know, bro? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. I lift my bike up a flight of stairs four times a day. How's that for you? Yeah. And I grunt, too, and it's not because I want to. There's no one to impress. It's just I'm like, oh, this thing's fucking heavy, and I'm going upstairs. It's awkward as fuck. Yeah. Um, uh, I want that red yeah. scooter.
0: So if you want, so if you want to get beat up by a bunch of meatheads, uh, wear one of our shirts to the gym, and then you won't regret it. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's uh Com slash move left. You know, another piece of criticism I got was somebody was saying, and I, I understand the sentiment, and I agree to an extent, but uh, somebody was like, "Dude, use a union T-shirt printer," and I'm like, "I can't. You gotta, you gotta be able to afford upfront." I can't afford to fucking house this, yeah, this merch and we, send we'll, it out to we'll,
1: people. Absolutely. We'll definitely do that when we've got a little bit of money to to go that That's route. That's right. Yeah. That, that was we absolutely want there, to yeah. support that. It's just like we literally have no money to start with. So we're kind of, you know, working with our budget of, of zero dollars. That, that print on yeah.
0: demand and send it out for you and do all the customer service. And it's just yeah. like. Um, but no, I and I agree, and I I, and I did at the very least seek out a company that makes their shit in the USA, so they are yeah. at least paying well, people minimum wage, I would, let's go I would find hope to make these who, fucking
1: things. Let's go find where they print, and we'll start leafleting their, their shop, and we'll unionize their shop, so we'll have done the other thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll fly down there, and I'll, I'll fucking get them organized.
0: Um, yeah, so... Uh, In any event, that's teespring.com slash move left. You can check out all the different designs, colors, and shit. Um, And, yeah. so Uh, We are
1: on on Facebook also. Uh, We're close to breaking 200 followers on Facebook, which is... um, Fucking crazy. I mean, no one uses it, and it's just kind of like we started doing it, you know, a couple months ago just to have it on there. But now it's starting to get, like, a little bit of cover. But anyway... Move dot face com dot book, something like that. Facebook.com com slash move slash moveleftidiots Um Soundcloud.com slash move left.
0: Uh, we are uh, not on any other platforms, I don't
1: think. <laughs> I'm on uh, Twitter at uh, move underscore left. Uh, I'm at Twitter at chaos riot 1999. And we
0: will see you next week. Uh, don't use any plastic straws if you don't need to.
1: And go vegan. If you must. (laughs) You do must. (laughs) Bye. Bye.